Welcome to the Living Out Podcast, where personal growth meets social justice through a queer lens. I'm your host, Darren Steele. I'm a gay man and a life coach who's an expert at helping people break free of the limitations of the status quo that fucks with who they already are. I'm a supporter of queer rights and the publisher of thinkqueerly.com on Medium. Let's get right into things today. And I'm calling today's show, Ask Better Questions to Get What You Truly Need. And this episode was inspired by uh, a post I published by another author on my publication and some thoughts I had to what this person wrote. Now the title, Ask Better Questions to Get What You Truly Need. Why didn't I say what you truly want? And what's the difference between want and need? Well, that could be a podcast all unto itself, right? But I think wanting, want is desire. Want is often the expression of uh, something outside of yourself, the external world. Let's just call it that. So we want a car. We want more money. We want a better relationship. We want a more beautiful lover. We want a better body. We want, want, want. It's a very consuming, consumer-oriented uh, desire. Need is also complicated and not sort of a simplistic word. We can be needy, meaning we're looking to someone else to kind of help us on an emotional level, and we're not willing to do the work to take care of ourselves. But if we just frame want and need for the um, for today's episode, I would say need is what you need to live your best life possible, what you need to be happy, what you need to live out the best of who you are, what you need to comfortably live the fullest expression of who you are, right? And that's, that's quite intangible. And maybe that's the subtle, but most useful distinction I can make between want and need. We usually want a thing. And what we need is more often intangible. So how do we ask better questions to get what we truly need? Well, let's start with the example. The person writing this article tells a really heartfelt story of their coming out process. They're in their 20s, they're just identifying who they are, but they live in a lot of fear. And I have to take this article at face value because they could be writing this article just to talk about what the fears are specifically, and they're not talking about other aspects. So the person wrote out a bullet list of fears that all start with, I'm scared. I'm scared of feeling exposed. I'm scared of having to come out over and over. I'm scared because not looking obviously gay means I'll have to blow up my comfort zone and getting used to always telling people who I am. I'm scared of how exhausting it's going to be. I'm scared when it comes to relationships and love. I'm scared I have no idea what I want. I'm scared that now. I'm scared of things changing. I'm scared of things staying the same. And on and on and on. 
But what does that mean exactly? Let's say we just take all those fears at face value. Now, have you ever been afraid of something in this sense, scared of something, and you started to go through a list in your mind of all the things that you're afraid of, all the things that scare you, and then you add to the list, well, if I'm scared of this, I'm also afraid of this, and this brings up fear in me. You start getting into this loop in your mind that literally becomes a spiral. It's not something that's opening. It's something that's closing because you stop looking at what all the positives could be around you in the world. And instead, what you begin to see and feel is the compression of the fear, the funneling down into that spout. And all that's oozing out is this thick, compressed mass of fear and that's heavy, and that's hard to get out of. And it's also, when it's compressed, it's focused. Then that becomes the only thing that you're focusing on. And if we use, I love metaphors, but if we use this metaphor of the funnel, so all these things are coming in at the top, the largest opening, that are spiraling down in a circle, going through that little spout at the bottom. It's a kind of entrapment. It's this cycle of always going downwards. And it's this cycle of going downwards into this tight space where you're no longer seeing what's outside of you, but your outcome is only fear. The secretion of fear. The finished product. So it really got me thinking that, you know... Of course, of course. When something really frightens up frightens us, we, we go through fears. When when we're coming out the first time, if we're entirely alone, of course we're going to be afraid. We're afraid of, well, if I tell my parents, will I get kicked out? If I tell my friends, will I get bashed? Will I lose all of my friends? Could I lose my job? I am not denying or diminishing these fears. What I'm looking at with respect to this particular person and article and and, and the fears that they are expressing, which could even be another topic, not just coming out. And how we reframe an entire line of fear-based questioning. Because let me back up for a second. The questions we ask determine our perspective, and our worldview within the formation of our own answers. Let me say that again. The questions we ask determine our perspective and worldview within the formation of our answers. So if we ask fear-based questions and respond with fear-based outcomes, our worldview is based on fear. So it's very important when we can see this that we ask questions that serve us instead. So when we ask questions that, or if we ask questions, if we ask things that we're afraid of, that actually hurts us at the soul level if we go too deeply 
deepling. <laughs> if we continue to go deep into that spiraling downward funnel of one fear on top of another magnifying another, we are not fear individuals. We don't live fully if we are living in fear. If we're living in fear, we're living in reaction. We're living in the most primal, ancient part of our brain, in the fight-or-flight part of the brain, or in what's called the mammalian part of the brain, where all we're looking for, all we're seeking is comfort, a way to feel better, to supplant the fear. And when we're in those more ancient parts, those reactive parts of the brain, looking for comfort, looking for a way out of fear, we can't live out the best of who we are. Because if we're looking to create a better identity, a better life, more happiness, more peace of mind, more contentment, more love, we're actually in our both thinking brain and at the heart level. And I'm not going all Buddhist or spiritual on you here, but... The combination of how we feel and work to feel to be the best of who we can be in conjunction with how we think and how we think clearly and logically to make plans and take actions to do the best that we can do to be the best of ourselves and serve ourselves and serve and help others That's emotional intelligence. So instead of asking or creating a list of questions, what am I afraid of, or what scares me, or I'm scared of, while on one level that could be useful just to get out the list, to get out that nasty, dark, emotionally scary list, we can either start with, Or we can ask a set of questions and go through that list and reframe everything. So we can start with, I am hopeful that. I am grateful for. I am content because of. So if you went through, if I just randomly pick, I'm scared I'll never feel that pride I know I should. That's a really complicated almost concocted fear that comes, and I say concocted because it comes as the second last I'm scared of at that list. Almost like there's so much fear now that this person is just coming up with stuff to try and get it all out. Well, what if I'm grateful for being out, for finally being able to pursue and express my identity so that I can take pride in who I am. Now, what about I'm scared of having to come out over and over again for the rest of my life? Maybe that's I am content with finally having come out to myself. I am grateful that I've come out and for the people who have accepted me for who I am. I am content because I know that this is a world where people are still asking questions and learning. 
And I'm hopeful that it will become easier over time. So those are just a few ways of reframing things, right? So if you're stuck in fear, if you're worried about something, maybe it would be useful just to write it all down, get it out of your head. That's very important. Journal it, get it out of your head, try not to get too emotionally attached to it, but immediately, don't leave it there and walk away. Immediately start reframing or just focus on the questions. I'm hopeful that, I'm grateful for, I'm content because of. And as I said at the top of the episode, most fears are based on the external world. And if you are looking at what fears often are, they are based on the opinions of others and whether or not you think what other people think of you is important to you. And when I look through this person's list, I think what they're driving at with their questions is they're trying to search more deeply for who they already are, that behind those fears is a desire to be happy and contented and loving That person is obviously intelligent. That person has clearly got a sense of their emotionality, but they want to express their uniqueness without judgment from the outside word. And I I really believe that's where the fear is coming from. And if you're living into fear, you, you can't be wholly yourself. That's with a W. You can't be whole. You are stuck in something that takes you away from being the best expression of who you are. But when you live into that wholeness, contentment and gratitude and hope and taking action towards those things, you are going to show that to others. And that isn't manifested in anything physical necessarily. It's just something people witness. They can't identify it. They just say, wow, that's a really interesting person, or that person seems to have their shit together. Or on a subconscious level, they think, I like this person. I respect this person. I don't know what it is about this person, but this person's a lesbian. This person's gay. This person's trans. But fuck, are they ever cool? They are so self-assured and so contented. I want to know more about who they are. I want to become friends with them. The other aspect of fear is that the more we slide into it, the more we succumb to our fears, the more we are trapped in the status quo. And the status quo lives, exists because of fear. Fear of the other. Fear of that which is not the normal as defined by the boxed-in walls of what a particular group of people or society or government says what's right. The status quo says, hey, if you're not just like us, then you're other, and we're going to be afraid of you. And it is difficult for us to be individuals within a society that has constructs. We will never be free of the constructs. We will never be free of all of the walls. We may break out of one box, break free of one box, only to find ourselves in another. But it's this awareness that we can be free and hopeful and happy and contented with who we are within 
the confines and the structures of the society and the groups of people in which we find ourselves. There are things, of course, we cannot control. So should you be afraid of those things? Should Should you be scared of what you can't control? So one of the examples this person brought up was the fear about how their parents might react and the kind of judgments or thoughts that they would have about who they are now as a queer person. Yes, that's an external judgment on the side of the parents, but is it worth putting any energy into fearing what someone else will think of you if you're going to come out to them, if you're going to talk to them about your identity and who you are? It's certainly not going to help with the conversation, and it's certainly not going to make you feel good. I'm not saying this is easy, but the framing around this would be to embrace the process of coming out, to be grateful for having identified who you are, to be grateful for that even though it is still challenging You have lifted a weight off your shoulders to finally accept, to whatever degree, that you are who you are. And that's the truth of who you are. And when you embrace that contentment that this is who I am, that creates a very different energy going into a conversation with someone else about who you are and coming out to them again You cannot predict the outcome, but you can think about how you choose to to react, whether you're going to walk away from that conversation if it becomes too uncomfortable, and whether you will choose to be hopeful for a positive outcome down the line if the immediate reaction is not a good one. And finally, like all things in life, start small. Take a single step. The shortest step dealing with what seems like the easiest and lightest fear is going to be the easiest thing to resolve. On the extreme end are the intangibles, the things we absolutely cannot control and are usually things that are so massively complicated. But how we choose to lead ourselves in the moment, how we choose to witness, and when I say witness, that's just stepping back for a moment trying to be neutral with our emotions, looking at the things we've expressed either in writing or to ourselves as what we are afraid of, and asking ourselves the deeper questions. Why am I afraid of this? What is the basis of this fear? Where does this fear come from? How can I overcome this fear? Is there an opposite to this fear? 
is there a way of reframing this fear so that instead of this scares me, I'm hopeful that, I'm grateful for, or I'm content because of. Lots of food for thought there. I would invite you to go to my website at darrensteel.com. And if you go to the blog, you'll find this latest episode. And if you want to be vulnerable, share perhaps your biggest fear or your biggest challenge. If that is something that you feel you are stuck in or that is holding you back, and maybe even list out three bullet points about what scares you most about that struggle, that challenge. And take it a step further. Ask the three questions. What are you hopeful about, grateful for, or content for with respect to those fears? Can you reframe that? And then if you get something that gives you an aha, oh wow, I hadn't seen it that way before, please write about that. I would love to be witness to that kind of an experience. So even if you work through this in your journal and you want to write this out or just contact me on my website and send me a private email, I would be most interested, fascinated, and actually really grateful to find out how this helped. So thank you for listening to the Living Out podcast. If you want to go a little bit deeper, and if you want to learn more about living out the best of who you are, especially as a gay man, to live out your gifts, to discover if any best parts of you were forgotten and left behind in the closet, then I invite you to join my Facebook group, living out experiment it's pretty easy to find you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash living out experiment or just in the search bar at the top of facebook if you're in your browser type in living out experiment and request to join i look forward to speaking with you on the next podcast or having a chance to get to know you in the living out experiment facebook group Until next time, live out and live proud.